Now look at me. Now, as you look at me and we come all the way back and say, what the heck's Father doing? And I know you said it differently in your mind. As you sit there and you look, see how kind of difficult it is to look at me right now. And if I preach this Mass from back here, you'd be kind of uncomfortable, wouldn't you? It would be kind of a pain in the neck, literally. But you see, this is what Christ is calling us to. He's calling us not to do this when we follow him. When we follow Christ this way, looking at our own life, turning at Christ every once in a while, it's a difficult life, the Christian life. Now, isn't it? What Jesus calls us to is repentance. Repentance, the word mean is the word from the Greek metanoia, and it means to turn around, to change your life, man. Now, in this regard, I changed my life. I came up here to make it easier for you. When it comes to Christianity, what you're called to do is, if that's Christ back there, you're called to stand up and turn around and start walking that way to change your life. Not just sit there and look at him like this and go, oh, that's nice. And yet that's the way most Christians follow Christ. I'm very sorry to say that. But that's true. Most people live life their own way, turn to Christ for the hour, hour and a half here on Sunday, or wherever they're at, and they look at Christ like this. That's why they find Christianity so hard. Because they really haven't totally moved. They haven't totally repented. They haven't totally changed their direction in life. They tried to use Christ and fit him into their life and say, Jesus. Here, I'll follow you, and I talked about this a little bit on Wednesday, as long as you fit into the way I live my life. But for me to totally change my life, change direction in my life, no, 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 no. That's not what you're talking about, is it, Lord? Yes, 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 yes. That's not what he's talking about. That's what he's demanding. The very first word ever out of Christ's mouth publicly was repent. Change your life, man. Turn around. Turn from going your direction and now start walking mine. And that's a very strong thing, that what Christ calls me to do is to die to my life and to live for him. To, I know I have all my plans in life, my directions, and he says, turn around and follow me. Now to go on that, let's look at the repent. I want to go to a scripture we didn't use today, but I wanted you to uh, look at it. And it's, uh, we used today 1 Peter, but I don't want to go to 1 Peter. Let's go to... Um, Colossians chapter 3. Those who have Bibles, it's always a good idea to bring Bibles, huh? Because when Father decides to do something like this, you're kind of looking like, uh-oh. Yeah, bring a Bible, it won't kill you. If you don't have a Bible, you better get one. Repent, that'd be a good thing to buy for Lent. One that you can bring with you every week. Not one of those real big ones, huh? That you can have to carry like this. Bring a Bible, huh? Now go to Colossians chapter 3. And we'll start at verse 5. And this is what repentance means to put it pretty basically, and to let Paul tell us. Put to death whatever in your nature is rooted in the earth. Hmm. Put to death, kill, whatever inside of you is still rooted on this earth, rooted in your nature, rooted in uh, your personality, rooted in the way you want to do things, the way society says you should do things. Paul says, put it to death. And then he says exactly what those things are. Fornication, which is sex before marriage. Father, don't talk. Don't start talking about sin. Oh, you wait. Huh? Fornication, sex before marriage. Uncleanliness. Passion. 
evil desires, and that lust, which is idolatry. Isn't that an interesting way of looking at lust? Lust is idolatry. It's putting the people or the things that God has made and putting them above God, and we worship lust. We make lust a God. My passion, my desires, my physical needs, lust isn't just sexual lust, but could be lust for money, lust for power, lust for sex, whatever it is. Lust is idolatry. Anything that takes the place of God is an idol. That lust which is idolatry. These are the sins that provoke God's wrath. Your conduct was once of this very sort, when these were your very life. Now think, here's Paul talking to Colossians, who are Christians, and he says, you've got to put it to death, because remember, before Christ, these things were your life. You lived for lust, you lived for passion, you lived for anger, and he goes on, he's going to talk about that, which I don't like. The next line, I don't like the next couple, but it hits too close to home. Your, your conduct was once of this sort, when these things were your very life. Verse 8, you now must put all that aside, all the anger and quick temper, <laughs> the malice, the insults, and gentlemen and ladies, the foul language. I was with a bunch of people last night, and you know, down at uh, prep, if a kid says God's name, whack, automatically they get it from me. I'll sit there and I'll walk in and I'll, you know, whatever it is, and then someone will say, God, this or that, and I'll say, where do you want it? And they go, here or here or here, and I whack, knock them out. To put this real clear in their mind, you know, about you never use God's name. Well, last night I was a bunch of classmates of mine from high school seminary, and every single one of them are using God's name. There's another priest next to me, and I go, oh, and I went to hit him, I said, I guess I can't hit you. I said, must you use God's name? Oh, now they all looked, all looked at me like I was a nut. But not even that, this is not using God's name now, is it? It's foul language. Has anybody here ever used foul language? Nope. Yeah, don't raise your hands. <laughs> God says, get rid of it. So if we're using foul language, got to go. Stop lying to one another. Is this starting to hit home yet? What you have done is put aside your old self with its past deeds. It should be dead now. And you have put on a new man, one who grows in knowledge as he is formed anew in the image of the Creator. Now, so what Paul is saying, when we're, we're in fleshing, if you will, what it means to repent. It means very basic stuff. It means that quick temper that I have, I got to get rid of. The foul language that we can say every once in a while, we got to get rid of it. The little bit of lies which we hint in. And we sit there and we keep saying, well, yeah, I'm a follower of Christ, but I'm weak. No, God says we have to put it to death. We've got to kill it. Did you ever read the book, The, uh, the Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis? It is a great book. Anyway, and it talks about, I know, after death, and it talks about uh, heaven, hell, and purgatory, if you will. And in this book, there is one person who has a problem with lust. He's already, he's in purgatory. And everybody, they looks the same, but what heaven is is what's really real. And here's this man with this little demon on him. And this demon has a chain around the man's neck. And this demon called lust keeps pulling the man down and bugging the man. And the man is very sad. He's crying. He's 
oh, he's upset with this, and I can't take this lust, and he's struggling with it, and why am I struggling with this, and I wish I didn't have this lust anymore, and why am I still like this? And an angel appears to him, and the angel says to him, what is that? And the man says, this is my lust, like, it's killing me, it's been driving me nuts. And the angel looks at him and says, may I kill it? It kind of just makes the man stand up. Uh, kill it. Uh, well, can't you just hurt a little? I mean, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, he has bothered me and everything. You know, but, you know, I've kind of got used to him. It's part of what, who I am as a person. And, you know, I don't know. And the angel says, may I kill it? And the man starts getting frustrated. Well, I don't know if you really want to kill it. Come on, do you have to kill it? Can't you just, you know, get it off me a little bit? And the angel says, may I kill it? And then the man finally goes, yes, kill it! And the angel goes and grabs it and strikes it and strangles it and kills it. And that instant that he kills it, the man screams, but then this little demon becomes a great white stallion. And he now jumps on a stallion, and the stallion takes him into heaven because he let God or his angel kill it. God looks at you today, and he says about those different idols we have in our life, those different things that keep pulling us down, those different things that we think we have no control over, and he looks at you today and he says, may I kill it. May I get it out of your life forever. Will you give me permission to kill it? And what you and I are called to do this day is look at Christ and say, Christ, please kill it. Help me with you to put it to death forever. And it could be lust, it could be anger, it could be uh, gossiping, it could be lying, it could be pride, it could be money, it could be a love, of, a love of money, whatever it is. When Christ looks at you today and says, repent, change your life, what that's going to have to happen is he's going to have to kill those things that take the place of him. Will you turn your life totally to him today? Will you repent? Will you let him kill whatever in your life that enters into you that keeps you from him? And once that happens, you've got to know that he will bring the good news. Repent and believe. He will transform that which killed you, and it will now become a strength in you. You know, Teresa Avila used to say, no one can get a great virtue without being tempted, the opposite extreme. So a person of great purity could not get the virtue of purity unless they've been tempted strongly in lust. What happens in our life with the grace of God when we finally change our life? Those things which are demons, when Christ can kill it and transform it, can become our virtues and our strengths. That's the good news. That which had me in bondage, I now use to get me to heaven. He can transform it. He can make it good if you allow him to kill it. Anger can kill you, or anger, just anger, can bring forth and proclaim God's glory. Christ had just anger. Sex can kill you, or sex can make you like God. Huh? It's what we do with it. If Christ was allowed to you today, if you allow him to kill it, let him transform it and let it become one of your strengths. You got it? You get it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.